I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we spend some time catching up, sharing something we really loved recently, and then we go on to discuss a topic that we think is really relevant to everything that's going on right now. These are often quite big topics, and they're the sort of things that a lot of people might be thinking about, but aren't always having the conversation about. So we hope that we can shed a bit of light onto them and open up that conversation. If you're new around here, please don't forget to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review because it makes a whole world of difference to us. Good morning, my love. How are you doing? Good morning. I am well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. It's a really bright, sunny day. It's one of those winter days. I mean, do we ever start the podcast not talking about the weather? But um, it's one of those winter days. It's like really bright and crisp and it like just makes me feel really excited. Oh, we had that yesterday, but today it's supposed to start raining. It's grey right now and it's supposed to start raining at midday and not end until like Sunday night. So I'm really looking forward Lovely. to that. Good Lovely. times. <laughs> Much like last weekend. So I went to the Lake District last weekend and um, good old Storm Malik really uh, put us through a spanner in the works with our with our plans. But it was beautiful. It's just extremely windy and wet. You couldn't have like had worse weather. It's when you got there and then they were like, Storm Alex coming this weekend. I was like, oh, damn. Like, that's literally the worst possible timing for you, especially because the Lake District is so outside and high key and all of that. High key, very technical term. Well, I'm a professional, I'll have you know. <laughs> well, there's still, so we did like a boat tour and there's all of these wrecked boats along the shore of Windermere. And the guy on the commentaries, like, saying those boats are from storm arwen so you remember before was it before christmas or just after yeah. storm arwen yeah. and cool. there's just so 49 boats were unmoored and wrecked on windermere yeah. and there's still like loads of hiking trails that are closed because these trees have fallen like when the weather hits them up there they are dealing with the consequences for months and i feel like the rest of the country just kind of forgets that it's that severe it's mad I definitely didn't realise, but I guess it's also quite remote, isn't it? Like in my head, I've never been to the Lake District. I do want to go. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, there's a few small lakes, but they're actually huge, aren't they? Like, Yeah, there's the biggest lake. Windermere is 10 miles long. What? So it's, I think it's, mm. is it the biggest in England or biggest in the UK? I'm not sure. I don't want to give false information. It's one of those. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> 10 this is where I'm like, I'm going to go to the Lake District and start doing hiking stuff. And then I hear that and I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's a long way. It's flat. Like walking around the lakes is the best thing, like easy to do because it's just a pretty flat walk. Okay. Yeah, mostly. Let's not forget two weeks ago, I decided I was going to try and do the Three Peaks Challenge and that's gone out the window extremely quickly. So I think it's doable. Just got to start some hill training. Yeah, yeah. And I've also got my hiking boots. And do you know what actually really puts me off? Breaking in hiking boots. That is like the thing that I don't want to do. Yeah, it is a it's a commitment, definitely a commitment. Exactly. <laughs> and like, let's be honest, I'm not really a hiker, so it's gonna take me months to break them in, and I don't think I can cope with the blisters. <laughs> well, the great thing about the UK is that it's more, I feel like we do less hiking and more walking and rambling. And that's a far more like achievable, like weekend enjoyable thing to do than like putting yourself through a hike if you're not actually enjoying it. Hold on. Are these things not all the same? I thought like 
it's like tea, dinner, supper. They're all actually kind of the same. For me, it depends what you want to call it. I actually looked this up probably just before Christmas. So hiking is a very like Americanized term. What they would call what we would call a walk or a ramble. Like rambling is very English. So and now hiking is becoming adopted more like there's not like a fine line. It's generally assumed that hiking is more strenuous and exertion and you're probably going upwards at some point. But obviously you can go for a walk or a ramble and that can be flat or hilly or whatever. But it doesn't doesn't have to be a hike to be like a valid outdoor pursuit. Like you could just go for a good old walk for a few hours. Mm, we'll see. You never know, I might change my mind. <laughs> Uh, okay um what have you been up to I think I don't think I've actually been doing a lot um it's been a very quiet one which is quite nice I've this is wild I know but I've started trying to get into bed really early in the evening and this is like a semi-recommendation but I've been using a website called sleepti.me so like sleep time um to work out when I should wake up in the morning because it's all based on sleep cycles and stuff like that and I've been using it for I want to say three or four weeks and it's really helped me but it kind of gives you a rough idea of like when you should go to bed when you should wake up and often I'm realizing the time I want to wake up in the morning I should be going to bed so much earlier so I've just been getting into bed at like nine o'clock and just reading and chilling and then dozing off to sleep and I know this is like the most tame thing in the world but especially in the winter I just would really recommend getting an early night <laughs> my god I'm such a loser I- I need to do that. I'm I'm so so bad. I never have an early night. I'm never in bed before eleven, and I'm rarely asleep before twelve. And I'm well, this just thing. awful at that. It's such a bad habit, and it's it's something that I really wish I could change, and I just can't. It's something I focused on more in the past few weeks because I realised that I was just like constantly going to bed. It was getting later and later every night, and I just woke up feeling crap. And I know we've mm. spoken so many times about like we're the type of people who need our sleep. Um, I mean, everyone needs their sleep, but I feel like I'm a better person when I am not sleep deprived and I'm caffeinated. Um, yeah, I'd recommend just going to bed earlier, guys. Honestly, I was in bed by eight thirty last Saturday night. <laughs> I love that. I can only fall asleep if I'm like physically exhausted. That's the only time I can sleep earlier. Like if I've done a proper like several hours walk or like a really mm. really hard gym session, and that annoys me because otherwise I just lie awake in bed and then that's why I end up going to bed late because I'm like oh there's no point I won't fall asleep for two hours try try this website tonight to see if it helps you like work out when you should go to sleep and wake up because it just it it's kind of quite in tune with like what your actual body's circadian rhythm it's really interesting I'll pop it in the show notes Mm, okay I'm gonna have a look what's your Um, recommendation for the week though my recommendation is a podcast and I believe that is it the second series it's they've not had a new series out since September but I've been listening to old episodes and it's the yes theory podcast have you listened what? to it I've never heard of this I've never heard of it oh, I love it so people might have heard of the yes theory it actually started off as um a YouTube um YouTube channel it's Amar Thomas and Matt and they all met while they were traveling in like 2015 um and they basically decided that they were going to do 30 things that they'd never done before in 30 days and make a video about it every day. They called it Project 30. They uploaded it on YouTube. Anyway, it got massively successful. They were just doing all of these new things they'd never done before. Then they got contacted by Snapchat and they got a deal with them and obviously it grew yeah. from there. 
but now they have a podcast and I absolutely love it because the whole ethos behind it is kind of discussing how growth happens when you're outside of your comfort zone and discomfort could actually be the key to developing like meaning and happiness in your life and how you and how getting out of your comfort zone doesn't just need to like mean big things like jumping out of planes and doing all this crazy stuff but you can get out of your comfort zone in small ways and seeking discomfort can actually lead to more meaningful connections um so it's really really interesting there's so many topics the one I listened to first which is how I came across the podcast is they speak to Lexi oh god I can't remember her last name she's the youngest person to travel to every country in the world she was like 21 when she did it um absolutely fascinating fascinating to listen to her and she talks about like the reverse culture shock of going back home and having had her eyes open to all of these different cultures and how warm and welcoming places were and going back to the US and seeing like flaws in her home country that she'd just never appreciate, like never seen before because she'd always thought that that was the norm. And then she'd experienced so much more around the world, but they've also got episodes on like the evolution of friendship and productivity burnout. So there's a lot of things that like people who listen to this podcast might also find relevant as well. Um, And they're only about half an hour in length. So they're quite a nice length to listen to as well. I'm going to check that out. That sounds really interesting. And the reverse culture shock thing is interesting because I actually had a conversation with someone about this the other day. um, And we were saying how like sometimes when you go abroad and you go to countries and everyone's so friendly, like to a point where um, like they'll invite you into their home to have tea and like they want to just talk to you and just genuinely be lovely. And as a Mm. tourist, sometimes you're quite wary of that. And I was talking to her about, I don't know if I've ever shared it on the podcast, time I am. was in Bali and we went to someone's house like it was a very long story um but me and Alex kind of thought we were going to get killed because we were like god if that happened in the UK if someone offered to like drive you to their house for tea in the UK you'd be like oh I'm getting that that's this is bad but it was actually the loveliest experience and Mm. everyone was so welcoming but how because of like how our society is we just assume the worst in people um yeah obviously there's always like it's always appropriate to be wary and cautious and sensible but it's just interesting you mentioned that because it's I literally had this conversation this week about it yeah it is a, such an interesting episode to listen to even if you just listen to that one um yeah absolutely fascinating and kind of for someone who did that journey when she was so young she's incredibly insight like she's younger than us still now um I want to say she's like 25 now or something but like the wisdom that comes out of her mouth you can tell that Mm. she's someone who has like seen so so much for her age yeah I'm gonna listen to that today when I drive to the hairdressers my podcast of choice (laughs) what's your recommendation this week so my recommendation is a book and it's called healing is the new high by vex king a few people might be very familiar with his first book which is good vibes good life it was released a few years ago and it really did the rounds particularly on instagram because it has a very instagrammable cover it's mm-hmm. the white one with the gold writing on it so people might yeah. recognize that um and i touched on last week how things have been a bit tough recently and i um decided to wander in to one of the bookshops in town last week and I just saw this book on the shelf that said healing is the new high the cover is bright gold I mean it's gorgeous and you know when you're just really drawn to something I would like Mm. to think it's like the universe intervening it's actually just it's really good marketing um 
But I picked it up and I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I've never read his first book, but I am going to go and buy it later today and read it. But I picked it up and I was like, okay, this is interesting. I'm just going to buy it, give it a go. It's kind of like a self-help book, but it's so practical. And actually, do you know what? It links really nicely to this week's topic because it is so centered on self-compassion and almost giving yourself the freedom to heal from trauma. However, like whatever, wherever that sits on the scale of trauma, um, he talks a lot about the ways you can work through trauma. And there are, there are so many practices within the book of like meditations and working on limiting self-beliefs, all, all sorts of things. But he from the offset is very open and says, this isn't like kind of like woo-woo, like hippie kind of like very intense you've got to suddenly like throw out all of your current beliefs to do this it's actually just based on like a lot of science um a lot of essentially kind of common sense and self-compassion and I mm. think most people could pick this book up and really benefit from it he caveats a lot in the book and I wholeheartedly agree that this if you're working through bigger traumas it is probably a supplement to therapy or counseling or something like that instead of the solution itself like it's actually mm. something that I have then used as like discussion points in my own therapy sessions recently which has been really interesting but I think it can help everyone and I didn't realize when I was reading it but in the um oh my god what's it called not the foreword the opposite the bit at the end not the acknowledgement afterward afterward that's afterward. the one yeah yeah that that the bit at the end he actually then says like I've actually written this book during the height of the coronavirus pandemic and lockdown he doesn't mention this anywhere in the book except at the very end um and he said it it's almost ironic that I'm writing now when there will be so much trauma fallout from this experience um yeah I I would just really recommend it I think it's it's hard work to do you have to commit to doing the work you're not going to read this book and suddenly snap your fingers and oh my god I'm free from all my trauma and life is great there's a lot of stuff that he very openly says you've got to practice and you've got to work at it but it's just a really brilliant place to start I think and the way he writes is so conversational and personable it does feel like it's almost like a friend or a big brother going you can do this like I know you can do it I've done it and he's very open about the things he's gone through in his life which are really hard and I think that vulnerability just makes it all a bit more accessible as well so I would just really recommend picking it up um it's a type of book that I know I will pick up and flick through for years hmm. I love that I so I thought his first book like the good vibes good life because it was all over Instagram I was like oh this is going to be a bit of a gimmick and then yeah, a few people that I really like really respect that I know in real life and also mm-hmm. know on Instagram had read it and raved about it and it was 99p yeah. in the sale in January and I actually bought it and it is on my uh it's on my Google books to read I'm kind of I'm trying to read like bits of self-help self-help books every morning like just 20 minutes so I'm gonna go to that one next because yeah, I am very intrigued by it. I didn't know he had a second book and that does sound, that does sound really interesting and really, yeah, like, like you said, it's, it's a supplement to other help that you might be seeking or might feel that you need. Uh, But I think it is beneficial to be able to kind of read and work through those things in your own time and your own headspace. Totally. And I'll hold my hands up. I was exactly the same. I was like, oh, it's a bit Instagrammable. It's a bit of a gimmick. Like, 
all of this and then a really good friend of mine started reading it and she would send me photos from like random pages in the book and I was like god this guy is under something like he's saying some really smart shit so when I saw the book I was like okay I'm just going to give this a go um and yeah I can hold hands up I completely misjudged the whole thing so I'm definitely going to go read the first one um yeah and also nice perk it looks really nice on your bookshelf who doesn't (laughs) want that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they've, it, like it, it's got space for practical exercises and stuff like that which I really like I love um, that so yeah so this week we want to have a conversation about self-compassion and ways in which we can be more compassionate to ourselves and why it's so important especially at this time of year following on from the previous episode's topic about toxic positivity and some of the other things we've discussed in the past like being dedicated to your goals and working on having a more positive mindset and implementing positive self-talk we just thought this is a really great time to discuss self-compassion because we can all fall into that trap and so many of us really struggle with this idea that we have a very negative voice in our head there's a lot of negative self-talk but we would never extend that to the people we love and care about and practicing self-compassion and understanding a bit more about it is so helpful in trying to overcome that negative self-talk and just be kind to ourselves because fundamentally life's easier when you're kinder to yourself yeah I think it's it's really interesting because like you were saying there and it tying into other topics we've discussed and like goal setting and dedication to your goals I almost feel like compassion kind of creates a feedback loop with those things Mm -hmm. and you need it to be successful in your goals and your dedication to them because like part of goal setting and forming new habits and having new routines or targets that you want to aim towards no one is instantly successful and there's going to be times when you I don't know fall off the wagon or you feel like you failed or you feel like you've just let things drop a little bit and especially at this time of year like January's passed or into February and mm. you might be feeling a bit defeated and it's a tough time of year when it's dark and it's cold and the negative self-talk starts to creep in and I think being able to practice that compassion for yourself is part of getting yourself back on track and it kind of creates that feedback loop to keep you on like on track or get you back on track with your goals but yeah it's difficult because you're never you're you're never taught how to do that and to have self-compassion and I think it's it's such a difficult thing to incorporate, especially when we're told that our self-worth is so dependent on external factors and kind of getting gratification from the external world, whether it's people or money or friendships, relationships, approval from others, whatever it means. We forget the importance of having that self-worth and self-compassion that can kind of say, no, this is, this is okay. Like not everything works first time, or it's okay that I've had a slip up or it's okay that I've taken a day off what am I going to do next? I think it's, yes, it is something that's an important part of that cycle. And it doesn't, having self-compassion is so important rather than just seeing, I don't know, this time of year or if you've fallen off the wagon, whatever it is, as rather than seeing it as a failure. I couldn't agree more. I think that's where so many of us kind of slip up with our goals or our resolutions, especially if you've you've started maybe the year or it doesn't even have to be at the start of the year like whatever time of year you're listening to this I think it's relevant but you feel like you've kind of gone off the path of what you want to achieve and 
your natural reaction is, yeah, God, I'm so lazy. God, I can't believe I did that. Well, obviously I'm destined to be a failure, but it's so much more productive to just show yourself a bit of compassion. But okay, that didn't go to plan, but it's the self-compassion that's going to get you back on that right track. And I think we all forget that. And it, you're right, it's not something we've ever been taught. But if you're constantly criticizing yourself when you make a mistake, which we all make because we're human, you're never going to really get to a point where you can grow and improve and have that confidence to give it another go. And I always mm. like one of the habits I've tried to get into recently is if I'm giving myself a hard time is saying, OK, hold on a second. Would I say this to my friends if they came to me with this problem? Mm. No, there is no way I would say to my friends, well, you're just really lazy, aren't you? You just wouldn't do that. And God, if there's anyone who you should show compassion to, it's got to be yourself. Although that is quite hard to do. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, it is really hard. And I think having compassion for yourself is another step in learning to acknowledge that you are human and you make mistakes. And like we were saying last week with the toxic positivity, I think having that compassion is a really important part of allowing yourself to feel emotions and to process them and if something's been difficult or you're feeling frustrated or you're not progressing as much as you thought you would having compassion for yourself is is like the opportunity to sit and kind of sit with it and think like okay why why am I struggling with it what is it that I'm coming up against or why is this feeling difficult for me what can I do to help myself to keep moving forward yeah I think so much of what you want to do and what you want to achieve is an up and down process. It's never going to be a straight line that's always on an upward trajectory. And if you Mm -hmm. have that self-compassion and you can exactly that, say, okay, why am I struggling? Why is this a bit tougher? It allows you to lean into it a bit more and remember that we're human. Like not every day is going to be the best day. Not every gym session is going to be your best gym session. Not every project you do at work is going to be your finest piece of work. And that's okay. So long as we can sit back and go, okay, we learn, we move on and just extend yourself that kindness. I think we fall into a trap of thinking that self-compassion is kind of the opposite of tough love. And it isn't like tough love. And I think tough love for yourself can be really beneficial. And can I say, no, you do have to get up and go to the gym today. Come on, you've got to do it. Self-compassion isn't the opposite to that. The opposite to that is negative self-talk and essentially bullying yourself. Mm-hmm. No, no no matter how critical you are how cruel you are how many times you lay in bed and the alarm goes off and goes oh my god you're so lazy for not getting out of bed I can't believe you're failing at this that's not gonna spur you on to get out of bed and go and do that gym session it's just gonna make you feel worse even if you get out of bed and do it it's still gonna feel worse for like starting your day being cruel to yourself oh yeah absolutely and this I think this links a lot to the dedication and motivation episode that we spoke about and kind of showing yourself that self-love even if you have a day where you don't stick to your gym plan or your healthy eating or whatever it is that doesn't mean that you don't have the dedication I think it's finding that motivation to get back on track and then using that energy to get back on track rather than beating yourself up because like dedication Mm -hmm. is all about keeping going despite the fact that you've had a setback it doesn't mean that you are absolutely successful in every stage of your process and you are always going to be 100% top form like dedication is continuing on despite 
the the setbacks that you might meet along the way and I think that's really important to remember especially when it is kind of those more tangible goals that you're working towards if they're like fitness goals or health eating goals or career goals whatever it might be it's really important as well when we're thinking about self-compassion that it's not just self-compassion for the everyday you never know what life's going to throw at you day to day and so we need to kind of have that self-compassion as a tool to be a bit more flexible and agile but it's also the big things like the really hard upsetting things that happen in life that you don't deserve and that aren't fair and that are really just crap um and showing yourself the compassion in those situations to allow yourself to just maybe take some time out and rest and ask for help and go through the process of trying to like work through it all because that like showing yourself the compassion in that way it's not just about saying oh my gosh you can do it you're great do it it's more than that it's about saying okay life is really hard right now but we're going to we're going to work through this and it's going to be okay and we're going to be kind to ourselves while we do it Mm, I think there's something there about like because obviously we've been talking about compassion from a sense of something has gone wrong or you feel like you're not where you want to be and having compassion for yourself in that process. But I also feel like there's the compassion that like, you can build into your lifestyle that's really important. And I'm yes. kind of almost thinking about self-care in a way, but I know we've spoken about it before, like incorporating rest into our routines and things like that because there are these big things that happen in life there are obstacles that you'll come up against that are completely unexpected and they are so challenging and regardless of whether that's a big or a small thing I think everyone needs everyone needs a break everyone needs the time for rest and I think it's acknowledging that that also is a level of compassion for yourself that you need time to recuperate and time to rest and time to process. And it doesn't have to be just compassion for when something's not gone to plan. Yeah. It's almost um, allowing yourself the time to go through the process Mm. and to acknowledge that you do need to be kind to yourself because no one, or maybe not no one, but it's going to be rare for someone else to intervene and go, you need to be more compassionate to yourself. And this is how you do it. It's work you've got to do on yourself, for yourself. Like ultimately you're the one who benefits the most from it. Um, And I think that makes it harder as well because so many of us want to help the people around us and are guilty of prioritizing their well-being and how they feel before um, ourselves. Mm. So you can almost say, well, it's maybe not, even if it's not a conscious thought, like, oh, I'll, I'll think about myself later. But actually, not only does showing yourself compassion really benefit you and like what you're going through, but it benefits the people around you because it means you're working on the stuff and you're being kind to yourself that in a way that allows you to grow a bit more and be more present and be just generally a better human to be around. Yeah, I think if we're talking about ways to in- incorporate compassion into your life, if it is something that you really struggle with, I think that's a big one to start with, allowing yourself to make mistakes and then creating the space to reflect on them and and learn from them I think it's it's it is so difficult to to do and it goes back to the whole we're not taught how to like we're not taught self self self-worth in school and it's not something that 
like it feels uncomfortable for a lot of us because like you were saying your natural instinct is to show compassion for those around you but you put yourself at the bottom of the list and I think that first step to really make space for that process is really important I really agree it's like that old thing isn't it of like you can't pour from an empty cup but it's so true if Mm. you're not like of course you can show compassion to other people if you don't have self-compassion I really don't like the idea that you've got to love yourself before you can love anyone else so I think that's really kind of problematic but to an extent if you're not showing yourself the best levels of compassion how do you model compassion for other people but also how do you model self-compassion for other people when you show yourself that level of compassion you also act as a really great inspiration and role model for other people and of course that shouldn't be your um be all and end all and it isn't your responsibility to do that but I think it's a really brilliant kind of byproduct of it especially if you have younger people around you it can be really beneficial to showcase to them in the way that wasn't showcased to us what it means to show yourself compassion and to be kind to yourself when things aren't going well because they're not always going to go well it's not always going to be easy and I think working on how you can be a bit more compassionate to yourself but it builds your toolkit a bit doesn't it for just surviving life Mm, I think it's kind of I don't know if it's the first step I feel like it's a good step towards breaking the cycle of negative self-talk as well yes definitely and that's really true yeah it's so important and again it's interesting that after we had the discussion about toxic positivity last week I kind of think we've spoken about positive self-talk and negative self-talk and I guess that internal toxic positivity is also in a way kind of like negative self-talk where you're telling yourself pick you up pick yourself up it's not really that bad get on with things other people have it worse that is still even though you're trying to be positive, it it is a form of negative self-talk because you're still not giving yourself permission to feel the way you feel and to have compassion for yourself. Yeah, I guess it's the difference between saying to yourself, this is really hard and you can do it and look at everyone else around you who's doing it and is absolutely fine. You can do it. Like it's And self-compassion is so much more about saying, okay, this is really hard, but you can do it. And you'll get through this it's kind of like Mm. the gentle the gentle antidote to toxic positivity oh look at that very nice I know from like a goal perspective though and I know I've harped on about this fact so much but based on the fact that we're in February right now I mean you don't need new year's resolutions they don't have to start on the 1st of January or and Mm -hmm. end on the 31st of December it can goals can be continuous and you don't have to work towards some arbitrary date. But if you are feeling like like you're failing with your New Year's goals or your plans for this year, there's a UCL study that says it takes 66 days to form a new habit. Currently, we're only like 35 days into the new year. So again, thinking about it in that context, if you are, I don't know, you're trying to form a new habit or a new routine with I don't know eating better or going to the gym or trying to incorporate some sort of new routine into your life I know it feels like we've been in 2022 forever because January was the longest month ever but Mm -hmm. it takes over two months to form a habit and even science is saying that it takes two months to form a habit I think 
don't give yourself a hard time have that compassion because we're not there yet and it doesn't mean that you've you failed it just means that you're still in the learning process and I think we underestimate how long it takes to to go through a process like that for anything I really agree I think as well we have that habit of being okay tomorrow I'm going to be more self-compassionate and we almost assume we're going to wake up and therefore it's going to come naturally and it will be this one like box we tick and we have to do it perfectly but actually especially with self-compassion it's so much smaller than that it it starts with saying like interrupting that cycle of negative self-talk or giving yourself a hard time it it's about reframing things to go would I talk to my friend like this and it's about doing the things that you know are kind to yourself and asking like why am I struggling that takes time and you've got to wait for the opportunity to arise for some of these things um so I think it's don't see it as oh my gosh I've got to be more self-compassionate starting tomorrow and it's this really big thing that I've got to do perfectly it isn't that at all it's actually just taking really small steps and like you said you do you take take those small steps or you have the intention to take those small steps for 66 days at the end of that even if you don't feel like you're doing it right or you could do it better you're still going to be in a far better position you are on day one yeah exactly I I couldn't agree more and I think it's such a big part of self-compassion is I don't know we were talking about this before the episode but even if you feel like you're not making that progress that you want to creating the space for yourself to ask why like that is a form of compassion what's going on is there something that you need to work through and again we're not talking about I don't know just giving in and sitting on the sofa and eating crap and watching tv but actually creating the space for yourself to think what what can I do to really take care of myself and to help me work through this process and understand more of why I'm struggling with this or why I'm feeling this way rather than just the negative self-talk of I'm being lazy or I'm stupid or I can't do this or no one thinks I'm capable that's that's not helpful and it's definitely not compassionate yes the whole the thing you said there about no one thinks I'm useful and all that sort of thing I just think is such an important one because that really exemplifies how often we think oh my god other people think negatively about me and as Brené Brown would say it's the story you're telling yourself like it's not Mm -hmm. the case and yeah you might have a slip up yeah you might not react in a way you want to but you're far better in that situation saying I'm just going to be kind to myself about this because you're not going to start from zero when you try again you're not like you're not starting from zero you're sure it might be harder to get back up again but you've started to work on those processes of showing yourself compassion and so it's going to be easier I also think if you are someone who's worrying about well what other people think of you that um that second episode of should I delete that the accidental live therapy session that's a really good one to listen to to think about reframing how you perceive other people's opinions I think it's really that, that episode yeah it's so so good for anyone who's not listened um Alex Light and M Clarkson speak to a life coach Jacqueline Hurst is it I think is her last name yeah yeah Jacqueline um, Hurst. and she is I mean no bullshit but she really looks at that how we 
how we think other people perceive us and how important are actually other people's opinions. And it doesn't make your opinions more valid if you think they're wrong, but it's something that you need to sit with and understand why you feel that way and accept that you feel a certain way and that's your thing to work through. I can't even phrase it properly. Absolutely worth listening to that episode as well to kind of look at where you can increase and grow your own compassion. Um, so after I listened to that episode I actually started following her on Instagram and I really love the content she posts on Instagram because it's almost that like constant daily dose of that no bullshit but very compassionate way of viewing yourself and then I had on YouTube the wonderful way the algorithm works it threw up a video that she did well Lydia Millen interviewed her and they had an hour-long conversation because Lydia was speaking about how she actually has or had Jacqueline as her life coach and I cannot recommend going and watching that enough, like put it on in the background, treat it like a podcast. But again, she went into more depth about like other people's opinions and how you cope with life and dealing with other people's opinions and not letting it affect you. And like how you, it's not about having a reaction and then coming back down and having a reaction and coming back down. It's like having a more steady approach to life and doing it in a way that does like prioritize your own self-care her book is actually next on my list after the second Bexkin book um because I like yeah that episode really changed my mindset and I just wanted to tell people to go and um listen to the rest or view the rest of her work so many bonus recommendations in this episode I know we're just firing them all out but Jacqueline Hurst's work is incredible I'd never even heard of her until that podcast episode um and now I feel like I'm her number one fan (laughs) (laughs) yeah she she really does have a lot of insight whether or not you're interested in this compassion topic or more generally like if if you struggle with other people's opinions or like kind of coping with how you're how you think you might be perceived by other people I think she's really helpful to to listen to and she words it a whole lot better than I do (laughs) yeah and me she she says stuff and you're like Oh God, yeah, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> oh my God, how are you so like, you know, when you're just like someone is so eloquent and you just like you didn't think about that, you just said those words and it came out of your your mouth in that order and that was spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how I feel like when yeah. she talks. <laughs> yeah, and you kind of like hear her talk and say things and you're like, God, I feel like you've peered into my brain and just called me out on some really like negative bullshit. <laughs> like, and, but also what I find really interesting about that is I'm like, God, if you're saying it, that means I'm not the only one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we can all benefit. I feel like we've um, rambled on for quite a while here and it's probably time to wrap up the episode, but we hope you found this really helpful. And we had a lot of, of course, like as ever, we want to hear your thoughts on this topic. So please do get in touch with us and all the contact details in the show notes, because we think this is a really important thing that we all just work on getting a bit better at. We will be back next week with a new topic, um, which is why it's important to support other people. Um, If you have any thoughts on that or anything you'd like to ask or contribute, you can get in touch with us with all of the details which are down in the show notes or on our Instagram. We hope you have a great week and you've enjoyed this episode. We will speak to you next week. Stay safe and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.